0: Hey y'all um yep thanks for tuning back in my bad I don't have all the pleasantries right now it's a lot going on in this world so I hope as you are listening um this podcast finds you as well as you can be honestly I just want to get right into the episode so um let's do that you want to hear it here you go Trap Therapist was founded in April of 2018 by Dalicia Barner, a licensed clinical social worker, LCSW, from the projects in Portsmouth, Virginia. She created the organization to provide a platform for mental health therapists from urban, low-income backgrounds to share their stories, connect with other quote-unquote trap therapists, and market their services to potential clients also from marginalized communities. The inspiration behind Trap Therapist was born from Dalicia's desire to effectively break mental health stigma in marginalized populations, a task she believes goes beyond a therapist of color. Trap therapist confronts the reality that all minority therapists haven't experienced life below the poverty level or lived in environments rich with violence and crime. It further reveals that there are safe spaces for clients who have such experiences to unpack and move beyond their muddled emotions their manipulative thoughts, and their direct witness traumas because there are therapists who not only have clinical training, but real-life understanding. Currently, Trap Therapists offers statement apparel, cultural competency trainings for mental health professionals, a podcast, and a directory featuring licensed private practice clinicians who also identify as Trap Therapists. So, welcome to the show, the Trap Therapist herself, Miss Zalicia Barner.
1: Thank you, girl. So,
0: okay, there's been so much going on and I'm even starting to feel like all of the angst and just kind of like over itness to where, like, I don't even want to be bothered. Right. Um, we are in the midst of experiencing a world crisis and there's a lot Mm -hmm. of chaos going on. Um, And it's funny because when we look on social media, right, it's like we see the funniness, but then we also see the seriousness um, of what's going on. And I think even from when we initially talked about having this uh, podcast episode for folks, things have changed drastically and things are changing drastically, like every single day. So, okay. Talk to me about like your initial thoughts when COVID-19 like first started to once you realized like okay, it's just got real.
1: So when it first started, I mean, it was just a joke. Like we've heard about this from the beginning of the year. Honestly, maybe in 2019, we started to hear the term coronavirus. And I think it got serious when COVID-19 became a thing because that's the strain of it that is deadly. But initially, I, I mean, it was a joke. Like I remember one of the first things I heard about coronavirus was somebody posted a status on Facebook it was a guy that I follow, and his statuses are always funny. But he said, Ain't no corona giving you no virus. And he's talking about the beer. So I laughed at it, I reposted it, and little did I know that it would change my whole life. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I think it started to get real when plans began to be impacted, Um, like birthday trips that friends were having. Now they can't have them. I had a friend that was going to go to Miami. We were all going to go down there for her birthday. And this is in a couple of weeks from now. But the beaches are all closed through mid-April. So stuff like that started to happen. then going to the store just for a regular trip to go to the grocery store and realizing that there's nothing there. So then I start saying, okay, so is this coronavirus or is this people responding to coronavirus? And then recognizing that either way, whether it was hysteria or an actual problem, I needed to prepare because everybody else was preparing. And then I had to postpone two events that I was having, uh, one for my nonprofit, which we didn't talk about um, in the introduction, but it's for mental health, mental, emotional and spiritual health. It's a lot like STEM programming where students are filtered into careers in the mental health and wellness fields. So we were having our introductory event. It was a panel and a workshop for students who are interested in careers in mental health in Nashville. That had to get postponed because the site we were having it at no longer were allowing gatherings over 10 people. Then I had to postpone COCO, which is a huge conference I've been working on since 2018. And that conference is for mothers and daughters, uh, generally women who have issues in their relationship with their mothers and or daughters. And after I had to postpone that, that's when I knew things had gotten real. And like I say, either real medically or real hysteria wise, but either way, they were real enough for a big event that, you know, I've spent thousands of dollars on to no longer be and that's when it all hit me
0: and I think for me it it hit me when last week at work when it's like okay like students working in higher education a lot of students have been on for the past couple weeks have been depending on where you are have been on spring break so last week when students like it was towards the end of spring break then it's like oh we're extending spring break a week and by the way uh, we're going to um, distance learning for the entire like duration of the semester which is like whoa okay stuff is, you know, really happening because I think initially, like, just trying to stay positive was something that, you know, like you said, it was a joke, and I I think it's okay, and I think that's something that our generation kind of does to, like, cope and to also just get through things. I think we are a resilient generation and that can often be seen as not taking things seriously. Cause I've even like watching the news mm-hmm. and watching the press conferences, um, Dr. Deborah is on there and she talks about, oh, well it's millennials, it's up to millennials and you all have to do this and you all have to do that. And you know, I, I think sometimes we cope with things in a different way that um, older generations don't understand. So we're just trying to make it through. We have plans, we have ideas and stuff, you know, that. We we want to happen and that's been the biggest thing seeing things change and cancel so I can imagine the toll it took on you as a professional um, in the field of mental health
1: mm-hmm. what
0: it is you do it is you want to heal you want to reach out to another person and not being able to do that especially with um, a huge event like a conference is, is devastating.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, just to speak on what you said about our generation, I think we have a sense of community that other generations aren't necessarily used to. And when I say that, I think that our, our community uh, supersedes our neighborhood it supersedes our church family it supersedes our natural family and i don't think that's something that older generations are would even be comfortable doing really because you know back in the day like your parents tell you don't be all on the internet don't you get into these chat rooms and you know that's all we do as millennials like we we meet people online i mean honestly you and i met via like online got connected to one another and then we're friends in real life so You know, I think that they don't always understand that. Um, But like you said, a lot of us are just looking forward to this being over so that we can get on to what's next. Because I know I have a thousand trips I want to go on. I have a thousand events I want to plan. And this has really gotten in the way. And, you know, you mentioned being a a mental health professional, and I don't think that I realized how invested I was in Coco or in the Mesh event that I'm having or was having. I'll have it eventually. But I don't think I realized how much those were attached to my personhood until they were taken away from me. And then I began to get triggered, like to the point of everyday crying because I'm so disappointed and I, my husband was saying things like, well, this isn't your fault. It's just coronavirus. Like, everything's getting canceled, Dalicia. You're not a disappointment What's wrong? And I'm like, but I feel like such a failure because I should have been the exception to coronavirus. Dalicia is still having her event regardless of what corona is doing. And I think that, you know, that was just it, it's been really hard for me. And if I'm honest, it's still I'm ai am over it. You know, I'm over it more than I have been in the past few days. But it's still a very tender subject for me. And I, I do not like coronavirus at all. Like I, if it was a person, me and her would fight.
0: <laughs> right. If this was my space era, you're not in my top eight at all. No.
1: <laughs> so you,
0: you talked about being triggered, and I know we kind of touched on this when we were texting, but talk to us about the triggers because it's one thing, like, okay, you're triggered in this day and age. Well, not even to say this day and age, but you're triggered because something that you've put your blood, sweat, and tears into cannot happen and it, you can't do anything about it. But tell me about the triggers like when you were going into the stores and what that brought up for you as a trap therapist.
1: So I talked about this even on the trap therapist webpage. I uh, well our Instagram as well as our Facebook page about how triggering this chaos that the world is in is for people who grew up in poverty. And I say that because our lives looked a lot like survival mode. And I don't want to speak for everybody, but my life and a lot of the lives of people who grew up in urban low-income backgrounds were like this. I mean, we got things when we had the money to. There were plenty of times where we didn't have tissue growing up. And like I said, on... My video that I posted on our Instagram, you just drip dry. But do I want to do that at this age in my life? When I've told myself in my head that once you reach a certain level of income or your life is stable in a certain way, none of these are things you'll ever have to worry about again. And then Corona comes and there is no tissue in the store and we ran out. And it's, you know, what do I do? And I mean, granted, I just ended up taking it from my office building and. Um, which, you know, could or could not be considered stealing. But (laughs) at the end of the day, it's like, you know, you resort to these kinds of measures when you are in crisis. And for a lot of us, we grew up in crisis, which is why a lot of times you see people say it's not fair for someone to go to jail if they're doing what they have to do for their family. Like they might steal some lunch meat or, you know, something like that. And all of this has been very reminiscent of just growing up and not knowing where the next meal would come from or the next roll of tissue paper or the next anything. And I think now we have this environment in which a lot of people now know what it feels like to live like this. And I'm hoping that as life continues and coronavirus is in our rear view, that people then become more compassionate to individuals who don't know how ends are going to meet from day to day and don't have the luxury of being able to advance plan. Sometimes you can't do that. You can't go buy a month's work of, of groceries because you don't have the money to. You only have the money to figure out what you're going to do today.
0: Because in the stores, a lot of what we we saw and even, you know, when I've been in the stores these past couple of days and just talking to associates, like people were going ham, like and just not even being considerate and thinking about the other person and even for me. I didn't come from a low income background, but just knowing that I had the means, but couldn't get it. I just can't get it now. What it is like, that's a different feeling that I had to navigate through because I've never experienced that Mm -hmm. before. And that's, that speaks to my privilege, but that also shows like, wow, like it's real out here and that's what made it real. And, helped me to make the connection, like, oh, baby girl, people are living like this every single every day. day. Like, this is not, this is this is the norm for people. Mm-hmm. And it, it just, it, it's, it's just, you know, it's disturbing to me, the things that I saw when we're on social media and we're seeing the fights, the news stories about the fights and the stabbings and different things like that. Like, yo, really? Like, that's how we gonna get down with this? And then, you know, it's it's heart wrenching seeing um, older adults in the stores having to fend for themselves. Like people are like, oh, well, they shouldn't be out. They shouldn't do this. Well, what if it's just them? What if they don't have a spouse right. or children that they talk to or that you know they're even close to um, that they've been neglected and they have to go out in the community in and kind of do some things themselves and make sure they take care of themselves. It was really inspiring to kind of see some of the new stories where folks were talking about, you know, somebody rolled down a window and said, I'm scared to go in there. Can you help me out? I read Um, that one. Yeah,
1: that was. Yeah.
0: And it was really good. And even me, you know, you know, trying to be out in the stores um, just to pick up a few things. You could see the terror in people if anybody was, like, coughing or sneezing. And it is allergy season. Like, mm-hmm. my sinuses are on a 1,000 right now. And, and people are just literally horrified of what other people are doing. And when have we come become this nation? Well, we've been this nation. But it's really showing us who people are and how we don't have compassion, we don't have love, and we are really self-centered and, and, and just all about I'm going to get mine. I don't care about the next person. That's
1: so true. And I think that it has brought us face to face with a sense of powerlessness that a lot of people are not used to ever feeling. I mean, because when you think of privilege, privilege doesn't ever have an instance where it's powerless because it's the one that contains power. So just seeing what people will do when everything is stripped from them. I think that's when character comes out a lot of times. Because some of these people, let's be real, they had stuff at home. You know, they were probably just stockpiling because somebody was even talking about that. I think they wrote under the Trap Therapist uh, video that I posted, and they were just saying, what about the wealthy people that are hoarding money and hoarding supplies? So, it's, you know, it's a time that if you don't really need the stuff, let somebody else get it or buy it and go give it to other people. But there's no reason that the stores are out of, like that just doesn't even make any sense.
0: What are we doing? And then when we look at, okay, if we have to go out into the stores then we just have to, social distancing. So everybody's talking about how we need to stay away. Mm-hmm. We can't gather in groups and different things like that. But I think it's also important to mention that Distancing, social distancing from social media is just as important from the news. And so, how can a person do that in moderation? What are some of the ways that they can also social distance while they're kind of self quarantined?
1: So, my, you know, I'm big on conversation. You know me personally. And I'm huge on boundaries as well. And I think that when things were at their worst last week, and and they're still worsening, but I kept like it was every second I was getting a text message from somebody about something new that had happened. So it's like my phone is literally blowing up all day long about Corona updates. And just being able to have the courage to tell people, hey, I don't want to talk about this. That's a form of social distancing, too. Like, I can't handle any more of this. Because it's anxiety-provoking when you are getting your own news in whatever format you get it, and then other people are hitting you with news that sometimes isn't even actual, actually true. So I think that We have to have conversations with people and let them know that if we're going to survive this and this is not just surviving it physically, because I think we will be okay, but surviving it mentally and spiritually, we can't only talk about coronavirus for the next three months. Like that's just not going to be healthy. So making sure your conversations include topics that are something other than that. Maybe in the morning you get news. Like every morning I wake up, I Google coronavirus, see what's going on with it today, and then I don't want to hear anything about it for the rest of the day. So I've actually been keeping myself off of social media. If I have to go on, I'll go, I'll post what I have to, and then I'm leaving because I just I can't fathom all of this information. And I, we don't need to know every single detail. We just need to know the things that are impacting us. So if you want to type coronavirus and whatever city or state you live in, in Google and search that every morning that's enough information
0: right and I think that's a good strategy because the news is going to recap everything so checking it Mm -hmm. uh, I would say in the morning and I like that you said in the morning opposed to at night because that can really like I know for me last night um just kind of just thinking of different things and like I said that angst was coming up for me and I couldn't really sleep so checking it in the morning because You're going to have that recap. You're going to know everything you need to know or either check your, you know, kind of local listings for things that are going on in your particular city or state. And then you're good, because if anything, they're going to re Like I said, they're going to recap it for you. And that kind of segues into kind of maintaining our mental health during crisis and chaos. Why
1: is that important? It's important because you can get swept up in it if you if you aren't intentional by it. So, for instance, you know. I talked about being triggered and to the point where literally crying, can't even identify why I'm crying. I know the general idea, like, yes, my conference got canceled, but I actually sat down at some point and journaled out everything, like all the layers of reasons why I was emotionally stricken. And a lot of it was triggers from childhood. Some of it was the fact that plans that I had really been looking forward to were no longer happening, whether that be the conference Or even like this weekend, my husband is supposed to match for his residency program. Um, He's a physician and that got canceled. So that's been something we've been looking forward to for the past four plus years, match day. Now you have people's commitments that are getting canceled. Like these are huge events that are milestones that are no more. And I think it was all of that just kind of attacking me. And the only way that I found to be able to, remains somewhat stable in the midst of all of this is to, like you said, just stick it as closely to a normal routine as possible. So even though some of us are at home, some of us might be self-quarantining or either we've been forced to work from home by our jobs, it's important that you don't just spend that time eating cheese doodles and watching TV. I mean, because you're not doing anything structured. So I think at times like this, even when it's tempting, you're like, okay, I have a break. Is really not a break. There's probably some level of anxiety that you're experiencing. And if you don't tackle it by having a structured routine, it is going to start to creep up more and more. And like you said, you won't be able to sleep or you'll wake up and you'll realize you're not productive. And then maybe you'll be disappointed with yourself because you haven't achieved anything for the day. So I would say still act like it's a, it's regular times, create your list, your to-do list in the morning, Tackle what you can, but, but be structured because if not, you're going to look back on this time and realize that for two to three weeks, you did absolutely nothing. And I know for me, whenever that happens, I feel very unfulfilled and then I spiral into depression. So we're trying to be proactive about that by ensuring that we stick to a close, closely to a daily routine. I think that that's also important um, for people who aren't at work because for instance, if you were at work and somebody called you and said, your family member died. Yes, you're at work and there is a routine you're supposed to be abiding by, but likely you're going to spend the rest of the workday thinking about how you're going to get to the funeral or all your memories with your loved one. So it's important that even if you're at your job, you're not spending the entire time that you're there involved with Facebook trying to figure out what's going on with coronavirus. We got to be really, really intentional to continue to meet the aims that we're supposed to do.
0: It kind of reminds me of times when there's like the snow days and we just do yeah. absolutely nothing and we're sitting around doing mindless activities. Like this is a time to really, you know, I, I know everybody says like, oh, 2020 was this. Take me back to another year. But 2020 doesn't have to continue to be this way. If Mm-mm. we practice intentionality with whatever emotions and, and actions and feelings that we're feeling, then we can have a productive rest of 2020. Um I've seen so many posts about like, you know, start that business, you know, write some things out, like really, you know, be intentional about your self-care. Like those are all things that can really be beneficial to us during this time? Whether some, what's something else we can do?
1: Personally, after I look up the information each morning on coronavirus, I'll go meditate in I journal. And But that's something that I do regularly anyway. Um, and I found that during times like this, when I am in crisis or during times where I'm not, it really just helps me approach the day more clear. And I think it's important that if you are consuming news that can be very disheartening, that you do back it up with something that will then get your mind off of it. So for instance, If you talked about not being able to sleep last night, it could have been good to just get up and meditate and journal. And then you would have let all that out and been able to likely have a good sleep. So I recommend that people do that for about 20 minutes every morning. And you can journal about anything. I know a lot of times when I'm talking to my clients, they're like, well, Dalicia, what am I supposed to journal about? Generally, if you grab that pen and that piece of paper and start writing, something's going to come out. But prompts could be coronavirus and the impact that it's having on your life, how you feel about it, maybe even doing something like what I did and determining what layers of things are impacting you being anxious, because it's probably not just the one thing you're thinking. It might be 50 more things and you haven't outlined them, so you can't process through them and don't really know. So when I made that list um, in my journal, I actually have started to go back and write on each of those items. So if it's that my friend Shannon's birthday party gets canceled in Miami in April, I'm writing out exactly how that makes me feel, how that impacts my life. Once I'm done with that one, move on to the next one. How do you feel about Coco Conference getting canceled? So the thing is, you're kind of engaging in your own therapy in a sense, which does not mean that I don't recommend you going to therapy because you should. But it's a way of just it's a way of letting all that out, because as people, we just carry too much stuff pent in and we never release it. And this is a time where since we have so much free time, you might as well release things, because if you're releasing it, then you free up room for you to be able to actually be productive and have thoughts that are helping you maybe start that business or fuel that dream that you have.
0: And I think being reflective is good because. Um, often Mm -hmm. listeners may be like, oh, well, I don't, I don't meditate or I don't journal or anything like that, but I'm gonna go work out. But how are you really being reflective and letting it out? You know what I mean? Um, Mm -hmm. and that happens through conversation or through written communication. You understand what I'm saying? So there's a specific, you know, method to the madness. Like it has to come out. It exercising is, is amazing and it's wonderful. But it often doesn't allow us to release, and and that's what we need to do. Yes, we have the endorphins, and we're feeling good, but everything's still kind of bottled up. So I like that one. But is that
1: not – you know, I love exercise, and like you said, it is a release when it comes to endorphins and things of that nature, but – if we're using it to avoid actually expressing ourselves, I don't see it as being I don't see it as being anything different than using substances.
0: Yep, exactly. That's yeah, that's exactly the point I'm making. It's it's, it's not reflective at all. So right. I love that you put specific what a person can do for, for the second one. That's awesome. So talk to us. Let's keep going. Let's let's have at least about five. What's the third one you would say?
1: The third one, so we talked about that. We talked about limiting how much news you consume by making sure you just check it once in the morning and then telling your family and friends that unless they've been tested and diagnosed, you don't want to hear anything about COVID-19. Like, we don't have any room to talk about that anymore. I think we've all beat that into the ground. (laughs) I've heard enough information for a lifetime on that. And I think, you know, that's important, not just for this moment here, but when you think about relationships, sometimes they can get consumed by just, talk about about something. Like, I know I have some scenarios where um, I have friends that used to be friends with each other and they don't like each other anymore. And if I'm not careful, our relationships can become consumed by gossip about the other person. So I think having boundaries is necessary regardless. You know, like, not just in this instance, but in times where you realize, like, me and this one friend are constantly talking about this guy that broke her heart, and I'm tired of, of it, and I'm getting resentful against her Tell her, like, we can't chat about this anymore. So I think, you know, this is just teaching us how to have conversations with people in a way that then makes us be able to feel mentally free about whatever we're talking about. So that was my third one, um, which we already discussed a little bit. When it comes to number four, I would say consider the benefits of the world slowing down. We live in an extremely fast-paced society. And even though things are chaotic right now, you can tell that things are not moving fast. People are moving fast in the grocery store. It seems like Corona updates are coming swiftly. But everything is really slowing down. Businesses are shutting down. People are working from home. Like not much is really getting accomplished. And I think that there are some benefits to that because there's so much we can do with our newfound free time that we weren't able to do before. So if it's to go online and participate in a seminar that you wanted to do three months ago, but haven't been able to because you get off at five o'clock and you're already tired and need to prepare for work the next day. Think about some of those productive things that you can do now that the world is kind of at inching along and then i think dreaming about how life will be after this i actually was just talking to a client about this today what are you most looking forward to re-engaging in once things get back to normal i know for me as soon as this band is up I want to go travel because of all the trips that Corona stole from me already. So, you know, start to think about life outside of this. And I think that gives us some hope and helps us realize that this is ex- a very temporary thing. It may last for the next couple months or so, but still in the grander scheme of things, if we have a average life expectancy of 80 or 90 years old. Two or three months doesn't really matter. So we need to start planning ourselves outside of this.
0: Right. And I think employing these tips like right now, because a lot of us are like, oh, I need to work on self-care more. I want to work on myself. I want to start healing. You know, what things can I do? Like imagine being able to employ these tips and techniques right now. A person will be unstoppable Mm -hmm. in the future if anything comes up, you know. Um, Because you're able to persevere through crisis and chaos. That's a a national kind of emergency. Well, imagine if the the smaller kind of life's hiccups come up, then you're, you're doing the damn thing. And what's 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 the last thing you would say?
1: The last thing is to brainstorm creative ways to socialize that don't result in you being on social media too much. So I've seen a lot of people joke on social media about how much they're on social media now that they're not at work. And, you know, that honestly, social media is great for certain things. I think it's bad for other things. And the reason why I think it's it bad is because a lot of people just mindlessly scroll and there's nothing being accomplished up there. So I wanna make sure that we don't leave this period of um, uncertainty only being able to look back and talk about all the statuses we saw and all the funny memes. There's certainly more to life than that. So I would say if you're home alone, think of some creative ways to socialize with your friends. You can FaceTime. You can do a girls night via Zoom. I actually saw one of my classmates. um, I'm in a doctoral program, and I saw one of my classmates. She and her children, she has five kids and a husband. They're all stuck in the house now up in the Philadelphia area. And they, they did a dance party. So they all got dressed up. Everybody had on gowns and makeup. That's awesome. And they had a party in their house. And it was so cute, you know? So that kind of stuff. Play virtual games with your family members. Um, if you're quarantined with others, obviously you have a few more options because you have other people with you. But play an old school game of hide and seek, charades, uh, have a group pillow fight, cook a meal together. I think instead of this being a distraction, We all need to use it to empower us to become closer with people that we haven't been able to spend time with. um, To, like you said, do more self-care and really kind of cultivate some of our dreams. But I think that if you approach it with the right perspective, this can actually be turned into something that later works out in your favor. And when I say that, I also think about stocks. The stock market has plummeted over the past few days. Go buy some stocks, go buy stock in toilet paper, go buy it in water, go buy it in, you know, some of these, the hotel industry. I heard the other day this and this probably isn't accurate information for right now because I'm sure it's gotten even worse. But I heard that Marriott lost 30 percent of its value and it had only been about two or three days So And they were saying it could go as high as 70%. So for you to invest in something like that right now with the knowledge that by the end of the year, the stock market might be back up and running, you could make yourself a millionaire in this time that corona is trying to make us all in survival mode. So I think we just got to put our thinking hats on.
0: And I love that the tips are for those who have the financial means to do things and then those who also kind of want to save and don't have may not have the financial means because there's Mm -hmm. there's both we have that kind of equal playing field on what we can do um, to just better ourselves and and to keep the positivity going Um, so thank you for that thank you so much for that let's talk about local resources um and this may not to listeners this may not be inclusive of everything um but just a sum of uh what dalicia may have come across what i may have come across um food banks talk to me about anything you've heard from local food banks is there anything going on
1: so i, I and i knew this was one of our bullet points and i also knew that everybody we were talking to would not be from my area so i intentionally tried to find national resources um And we'll just, if they aren't in your area, then I do apologize because that would mean that Google and some of the other sources that I use were wrong. But food bank wise, I've actually seen that a lot of food banks are in crisis which is totally understandable because people want food and they don't have it. But on the flip side, I've seen that the USDA approved for some of the summer programs that are used in order to help students eat during the summer are actually being adapted to work for right now. So there's something called the Summer Food Service Program and then there's also something called the Seamless Summer option, and all those are in place to feed low income children during the summer months, as I said. But now the USDA has pre approved certain locations to be able to offer those foods. Now, so if you have any children. And they are home at this time, and you're realizing I don't even have the capacity to feed them, then I would say reach out to your local uh, food banks or USDA locations, even churches. Some of them are, and you were telling me this, some churches also are distribution centers for USDA. So I reach out to those local um, amenities to see if they have anything in place for you. Also, I saw that U-Haul is offering 30-day free storage for any college students that were displaced as a result of this. This hits pretty close to home because I do see a number of students in my practice, and some of them were contacted me last week to say, like, hey, Dalisi, I got to cancel our appointment because – I was just given 24 hours to get off campus, and why that's why that's so challenging is that some of those students are international, and the only place they have to return to is somewhere that's being more impacted by this than us. So, you know, some of those students were from Italy, some from China, and certainly they don't want to go back there, but also don't have anywhere else to go. So, I think this is a great program that U-Haul is offering to give students a place to put their stuff. When their schools have failed them, which is I hate even that that word or that sentence is coming out of my mouth because I would imagine that schools wouldn't do that. But that's a whole nother podcast.
0: And speaking of college students, I did see as far as airlines go, I saw that Frontier was kind of doing free round trips for students who needed to get back home um have oh, I you seen anything see else yeah have you seen anything else when it comes to airlines
1: now what i will say is spirit is extremely cheap so that and you know we know that spirit is is historically cheap but i think they're even more affordable now during this crisis so like you said if somebody needs to get home or You know, God forbid in the instance that a loved one does succumb to this illness and you need to fly up to handle funeral arrangements. I think a lot of the airlines are more lower priced right now because not many people are flying. I also saw so local restaurants. I saw that in certain states, Jimmy John's are giving or no, it's Jersey Mike's. I'm sorry. Those two always mixing me up. Jersey Mike's is giving out food um, to students like so K through 12 who would normally be eating school lunch. So I would say to check your local Jersey Mike's to determine if that's also something that they're doing in your area.
0: And I would also say um, the local kind of mom and pop restaurants, a lot of them have been Mm -hmm. putting things up on um social media just saying they're doing free lunch from this time with a child um so definitely google that back to the frontier though um what they're saying is for a limited time students can now fly free on frontier airlines to nearly 100 destinations making student travel easier and and more affordable than ever Purchase before march 23rd and one student can fly free for every one way or round trip um Wow. So yeah, that's amazing that they have that going on. So definitely, yeah, that's major. Okay, telehealth. Let let let's talk about that really quickly. Um, for those who are interested in telehealth, this is probably something that a lot are not accustomed to. As in, um, going to therapy is is something that a lot aren't accustomed to. Tell us about that being an option for seeing a therapist.
1: Right. So we talked about some ways that you can manage your own mental health, but I do think that seeing a therapist, especially during a time like this, I don't think that prior to this, I quite realized the impact that... A natural disaster can have on a community and that's not to say that I haven't been in hurricanes because we know Virginia is pretty known for hurricanes we've had a couple weather instances but just you know my heart went out to people who are from New Orleans and you know California some of those places that we constantly hear of wildfires and you know hurricanes and things like that brushing through their community and in saying that um Just thinking about how after this, we all still have to recover and arguably our way of life is completely going to change. So you may not notice that you need therapy until we're done with this and you're trying to pick up the broken pieces of everything that, you know, you've lost during this time. But I would say if you are being proactive and you really do want to, you know, use the time that you have in in self-quarantine or other in an effective way, I would reach out to a therapist and determine if they're doing telehealth. A lot of them are doing it now because of, like I said, there's so much quarantine happening around. And when it comes to telehealth, it's just like a regular session. It's just via computer. So or either your smartphone device. Likely your therapist is not going to be using a smartphone. They're going to be on their laptop. But some of the apps that are used, they do allow you to download them onto your cell phone. So I, for instance, use Zoom. Um, Zoom has a HIPAA compliant feature. And you just sign a document with them to let them know that you're a mental health professional. And that you intend for your sessions to be, you know, even more private than Zoom already attempts to make their sessions. There are a bunch of other resources out there, um, which, and I won't exhaust you guys with what the options are because therapists should be able to know what the options are. But as a consumer who wants to receive telehealth, I would say just go on wherever you go to find a therapist. So psychology today um, is an option. There's also good therapy is an option. Good therapy.com. There are a couple other ones out there, but go up there and see if you can find somebody who's doing telehealth. Those sessions are going to be about 50 minutes, just like normal ones are. And sometimes some therapists do take insurance for that, but a lot of insurance companies do not offer telehealth as an option. However, people have been calling into their insurance companies and saying, hey, I'm quarantined. I see that this isn't an option on my plan, but can it be an option temporarily since I'm in the house? So, you know, there may be a little bit of legwork that you have to do. But I think that telehealth is an absolutely amazing option in the event that, um, I mean, it's better than no no therapy at all. So I would say get started now. And I hear a lot of people say that they want to go to therapy, but they don't have time now is the perfect opportunity for you to make time for it and i think that sometimes when we feel like we don't have time and then somehow we've been granted it and we carve out a moment to do something then we later realize that we actually had time for it all along so i would i would encourage people to you know get that started right now
0: and for those who have the privilege of having the insurance through their employers there is the um, Employee Assistance Program, the EAP, mm-hmm. and that provides, what is it, about six sessions maybe on a certain topic? What is um, that? Talk to us a little bit about yeah. that for those, because I know a lot of people don't utilize it, and it's if you just want to get don't. started for free, I think it's a perfect way to see, okay, let me see if what type of therapist I would want. Let me see how I would want therapy structured and if this is really for me.
1: So with EAP, EAP just depends on what company is offering it to you, but I've seen as many as I think the highest I've probably seen is about six. And then the lowest I've seen is about three sessions. But your therapist can always call and try and get authorized for additional sessions. Generally, they are only going to tackle one problem per authorization period. So let's say, Dorian, you come to me for anxiety. That you need to have a whole nother issue for them to be willing to grant you additional sessions, because if you don't, then they're going to say, well, you continue to you pay her out of pocket or you figure it out with your insurance company. But we're not going to pay for that anymore, because our thought was that it should be resolved in three sessions. Now, anybody that's a therapist will know that that's not likely. So they're giving you three sessions and saying we're supposed to resolve it. But that's not going to happen. We have our first session, which is intake. Second session, we barely know each other. Third session, we're just starting to get into a groove and then you're done. So they don't actually give you enough to get a lot of therapeutic work done. But I think like you pointed out, it's a great time. You're not paying to figure out who you actually like, what kind of person you would feel comfortable with, um, what's your therapeutic style, which you know, what you like. Cause some people like really casual therapists, and other people they want worksheets and interventions, and you know, it just depends. So I think using using some options that allow you to navigate that space without actually coming out of pocket for is probably smart. So I would I would definitely suggest people tapping into the employee assistance resources.
0: So many good tips, so many Mm -hmm. good resources, so many good techniques. Dalicia. thank you so, so, so much. Oh, my goodness. It's really really great to have you on the show and even to put out something like this. Um, So this is something that I usually do in the beginning of the show, but I kind of wanted to end it with this, and I wanted to do a moment of gratitude with you. So I'll go first, and I'll just talk about something that um, I'm grateful for, even during all of this, because I think it's important to um, stay thankful and to stay grateful. Um, for things. So one of the okay. things that comes I like to that. mind, thank you. One of the things that comes to mind for me is just being grateful for um, resources and being able to have the resources. If I just think about a year ago, um, my life wasn't set up as it is now. And I would really be in survival mode. Um, a lot of things would be happening um, beyond my control because of working conditions and Um, my employee status and different things like that. So I'm grateful for the resources and the way my life has evolved over the past year because it could be completely different for me.
1: I like that. I think, you know, a lot of things come to mind. And I think what I'm most grateful for is the fact that obviously my childhood prepared me for this. Now, Charlemagne actually posted something and he said the best thing to be right now is ghetto because people were joking and saying that coronavirus is the ghetto. And he was like, oh, no, don't bring the ghetto into this because we know how to survive. And I actually commented, I commented under his post. And I said, just because we know how to survive doesn't mean we want to have to do that and employ those techniques. But even still, I am happy that, you know, I do have a high distress tolerance and things do bother me, but not a lot of things can break me because of how much I saw growing up and, you know, so early on in life. So I am super thankful for that. But even more so, I believe I'm thankful for the work that I put in, on my mental health prior to this crisis happening. So even as a therapist, I go to therapy. I'm in marriage therapy. I got an individual therapist. My husband has an individual therapy. And I think that at times like this, when we think about stockpiling tissue paper, I'm grateful for the fact that I stockpile mental health. Oh, come on. That's a
0: whole <laughs> word. Why you want to do me like that?
1: You're silly. But I'm having and that's what I tell my clients about self-care. I'm like, if we think of self-care as a bank account, you can't wait until you get that overdraft charge and you're negative $35. And yes, I know all too well how much the amount is because I have had it plenty of you times. And me both. But <laughs> you can't wait until you're over you can't wait until you're overdraft to start self, doing self-care. At that point, you're too deep in the hole. So if we activate self-care practices on a regular basis, when things like this happen, we're good. We're covered. It's almost like being in the body of Christ. And I don't mean to be a preacher, but, you you know, you, you're sort of covered because of your faith. And in this instance, I think this is a practical way to be covered is to make sure that you've been seeing somebody. So if this crisis is, you know, catching you by surprise and you aren't in therapy, I beg you to go because the next one we want to make sure that you have all the coping skills that you need and they're able to be effective because imagine facing this and you have no coping abilities at all.
0: Absolutely amazing. You are such such a gem. Thank you so much again. Thank Um, you. Tell everybody how they can contact you. Are you going to be putting up more resources as we um, go further into COVID-19 or trap therapists? Tell us about all of that.
1: Well, I don't want to go further into COVID, <laughs> so that's <I laughs> that's want number to one. Go away, right? And you know, it's funny. This is random, but why every time there's a destructive disease or hurricane or something, we always refer to it as a hurt.
0: That is true. That's
1: another podcast, Ooh, too.
0: That, yeah, the patriarchy. Hello. Hi. <laughs> yep. <laughs> right.
1: But nonetheless, I will be posting stuff. I did post something yesterday. I was on the NAACP teleconference, and they gave some amazing tips on how to survive this if you're in a community of color, and obviously we are. So I would say check that out. That's on the Trap Therapist Instagram and on our Facebook. And the handle for that is just Trap Therapist. So I'll just keep it keep in touch. We'll be posting also a recap from this call, um, just kind of a screen thing that you can use to outline the tips that I said. So, yeah, just stay abreast with that. But those are definitely the best ways of reaching me is just via social media.
0: Just like Dalicia said, we are going to have kind of shorthand of the tips that were given in this episode. So make sure you all stay tuned at the underscore FemFocus. focus. This podcast can be found on multiple platforms. So tune in, share, like, all of that. Dalicia, until next time. You gonna say See bye. See you later. Oh. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I wait. She was, no, listen, I thought you was going to say until next time and then right. was a blank. Okay, like, wait. I'm like, until next time what?
0: Right. What's happening? Wait, I'm going to
1: leave this in there too. <laughs> we got to do it again.
0: Okay, Dalicia, until next time, we will talk
1: to you later. TTYL. Holla if you hear me. <laughs> <laughs>